Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now, please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman. Hello. I am Artie Ruderman, your host of BDN, Business Developers Network. We have a special guest today, Chip Bell, one of the world's leading authorities for customer service and loyalty. Chip was the inaugural speaker for the NetWeaving Thought Leaders Forum, a reimagined version of the Do Not Read the Book Club founded by Bob Patel, author and creator of the global phenomenon, NetWeaving. Joe Cavalito, a wise sales coach, Chip, once said, we are all growing Oh, we are all facing a growing problem. It's a challenge to continue to increase growing and increasing revenue. And the internet has made today's marketplace even more competitive as now we're challenged by global competitors. Product differentiation, brand awareness, product distribution are one of the many key factors. Chip is here to tell us today the importance of customer service and loyalty and how to create a profoundly remarkable customer service. Please let me introduce Chip Bell. Chip is a world-renowned authority for customer service and innovative customer service and loyalty. He's an advisor to Fortune 100 companies. He appears fairly regularly on CNN, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. He has articles in magazines such as Forbes and author of 24 books, his latest being Inside Your Customer's Imagination, which we do want him to talk about. So he also, this is important, and Chip, I want to talk about the history of of customer service, and you were the co-pioneer for the practice of customer journey mapping as as widely used techniques for customer forensics. Uh, One last thing I want to say about Chip, so our audience knows the the rank of, of Chip is Global Gurus, which ranks thought leaders, uh, has consistently for the last six years ranked Chip in the top three of global gurus. And Chip, if I left anything out that you want to let the audience know about yourself, please. Now's the time. Well, thank you. I think you covered it, Artie, and it's an honor to be with you. Uh, looking forward to this. Well, well, great. You know, Chip, um, customer service really started way back. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Henry Ford. He he once said if I let it up to the people to tell me what they would want, and I'm paraphrasing, they would want faster horses. But on the other hand, um pragmatics and in, in product distribution said they can have any color they want as long as it's black. So <laughs> Take it from there as where did customer service as one of the key factors for growing revenue start? Well, I think it's um, it started with uh, the recognition that um, most of the time when uh, customers thought about getting their needs met, it was uh, the experience and the product or uh, outcome was all bundled together. And one of the things we talked about was customer satisfaction. We want satisfied customers. 
And satisfied means you met my needs. Basically, you met my needs no more than or less. Um, as the customer has over the years gotten more choices and as the experience side of what is customer service has taken more prominence, um, that whole uh, formula for what it takes to get customers to remain uh, our customers has changed. Think about customer services as two sides to it. There's the outcome. Did I get my need met? And then there's the experience side. What did, what did I have to go through? So if I'm an airline, an outcome would be um, you landed in the right city uh, safely uh, on time with your luggage in tow. And, and, and nobody remembers that. That's just the outcome you were looking for. The experience all relates to the emotion, the memory of what you had in getting that need met. Customers have, over the years, assumed more and more that they're going to get their needs met. So that side of what is customer service has taken, it's still critical. It's still important. If I don't meet your needs and give you a great experience, you're not likely to come back. So I've got to do both. But more and more, the customer has taken the outcome side or product side, if you will, um, sort of for granted as a table stake. I'll give you a great example. Uh, if you ask customers, take an airline example, if you ask customers the most important attribute of an airline flight, they'd say safety. Uh, and obviously that's critical. Crash a plane and you're going to go out of business over a while. But if you ask the customer, not that question, but say, what caused you to pick American over Delta? The experience, the factors that made you pick one over the other, safety's not even in the top 10. And so it's not that it's unimportant. It's just taken for granted. And so over the years, first of all, the experience side has taken much more of a priority over just meeting my needs. But the other side to it is that just meeting my needs, satisfying me is not enough. 75% of customers who leave an organization to go with a competitor when asked, say they were satisfied or completely satisfied with the one they just abandoned. And so that's caused organizations to recognize I can't just meet my customers' needs. I've got to exceed my customers' needs. I've got to create a great experience. And what we've seen over the last few years is the form of that um, changing. And, and my whole world's around innovative service, which we can get into value unique, not just value added. What, when did the, what would you consider the modern era of of customer service and, and loyalty. And, and when did a young Chip Bell decide that that was going to be his career? Well, you know, like most of us, my career has been serendipitous. <laughs> uh, I think the good Lord's up there looking after me, uh, hopefully. But but uh, the uh, I've always, all my life, had a deep passion for customers. I am a customer. And so, and, and, and I've always been intrigued by the other sense of book, I, when I was in school, I read a great book by Vance Packard called The Hidden Persuaders and uh, Status Seekers. He was a sociologist, and he wrote really interesting books about what makes people buy, what causes influences their buy. And so that that started me on a path to say, I'd like to study more about that. I went to graduate school to study more about consumer psychology. And what is it that causes people to make decisions they do as it relates to a commerce and how they purchase, why they purchase? the things that influence that. So I've been interested in it all, all the while. And it's been fun for me uh, because I've had to, I've been doing this 40 years to have to continually reinvent myself. And I've been able to do that by watching how the customer has changed and trying to anticipate where they're going next. 
Sometimes I've been right. Sometimes I've not. But it's been a fun journey because it's like a treasure hunt. Well, let, let's talk about some milestones. And w- would you agree that there there is has been a, a modern emphasis? When I say modern, maybe it started in the 70s, the 80s, sure. uh, with yeah. this concentration yeah. on maximizing customer service yeah. as a way of generating loyalty and revenue. Right. More in the 80s than the 70s. Um, in the 70s, we were still, you know, um, kind of taking the customer for granted. You know, um, mm-hmm. we just built a good product, you know, at a reasonable price. Then we went to the period where if I could just give the lowest price, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be successful. We had the birth of a wall of a uh, Kmart and organ, discount brokers like that who thought the customer only wanted about wanted uh, price. Um, and so we've seen the evolution from focusing on product or our quality. We went through that quality era where it was all about the outcome or the product being high quality. And again, as that customer has changed, they have said, now I've got great quality products or you're out of business. Um, what next? Or you've got a fair price, so what? Now what? And so the now what's have continually changed for the customer. And again, probably in the 80s, we began to see the emergence of more and more of emphasis on the experience. And again, recognizing the quality of the outcome or product, the, qual- the, the fairness of the price was more becoming a table stake, meaning the customer sort of took it for granted as a given. It's got to be there. You go out of business but it's not a differentiator. It's not something that sets you apart as a distinction in the mind of the customer. Cause you know, if I go to a store, they do exactly what they're supposed to. They meet my needs and the product. I don't remember them. I don't say a word about it to anybody in the neighborhood. And, and so that's to, that has, that, that's changed. Obviously you mentioned the, a change in social media and the internet. And what that's done is just sped up word of mouth in a, in a right. on, on steroids. And so now it's word of mouth, so to speak, not word of mouth. And so now the customer, (laughs) instead of of reaching the neighbor across the back back fence, can now reach thousands of people and put a company out of business overnight. And so the power of the Internet uh, has made the customer, uh, to follow one of my books called Wired and Dangerous, it's caused the customer to be not only wired, connected, but they also have the capacity to influence many, many people very, very quickly. So here again, that ramped up, changed the valence or power of the experience and, and, and the customer's recognition of it and how fast they could tell other people. That's an interesting concept. So the, the reputation of a company was now more in the hands of the consumer than it was being directed by the brand itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way in which we treat the customer has become such, such an important uh, distinction. Uh, and again, customers, the, the thing that organizations don't miss sometimes is when it comes to the product you sell, they compare you to your competitors. So if I'm, I'm making a widget, they're going to compare, compare me to other widget makers. But if you're talking about the experience, they compare you to Disney. They compare you to Southwest Airlines. They compare you to anybody in any industry on the planet as a way to comparison because they have that memory. And so you know, I go to Disney, they treat me like a long lost cousin. And the next day I show up at the, and meet the receptionist in your building. You know, I'm still got Mickey in my head. And that's kind of the, the criteria I'm using to judge you, whether it's fair or not. You know, I, I go, you know, I go on Amazon.com and now look at every website on the planet through Amazon eyes. <laughs> they're okay, but they're not Amazon. Why can't it be easy like that? 
So again, the way in which we make comparisons now has become much different because it's experience and it's, it's something shared by all enterprises. And so your competition just went up and you, you know, you could be the cream of the crap, so to speak, if you're in particular industry that doesn't care about it. But when it comes to the experience, now all of a sudden um, they're, they're comparing you to, you know, the Marriott or whomever you fill in the blank with a great experience. That's what they remember. Well, we're focusing on customer service and and loyalty. Um, So in the development of it in the modern times, which you brought back to the 80s, for instance, you co-introduced the concept of customer service, customer uh, journey mapping, right? Right. Right. Um, You can explain what that is, but but put it in perspective of if that was a milestone in the development of modern customer service programming, what others are there that you could talk briefly about that would kind of bring us up to 2020? Sure, sure. Well, uh, customer journey mapping is basically the idea of looking at the customer's experience moment to moment to moment through their eyes. And so um, co- companies didn't do that before. They kind of focused on what we do. And, and when we first introduced it, it was called cycle of service. It changed the name change. And you were looking at various moments of truth but you had to get the customer to come in and work with you to say, no, nah, no, nah, we don't do that. Uh, we, uh, uh, we do that. Uh, no, no, we don't even know what that one is. Or wait a minute, you skipped this. What about the part where you're waiting in the parking lot? You know, you miss that part. And so it, it is a tool that grounds the organization in saying, if I were a customer and I was going through this experience, what would I see? What would I feel? And what would enhance each one of those experiences along my trail of experiences to get my needs met. So it was a tool to begin to analyze the customer experience. What it did is caused organizations to get out of the way they look at service through their eyes, their biased eyes, their I know too much eyes, their I make a lot of assumptions eyes, because when we're looking at it from the inside, you know, I often ask people, can you tell me all the words on the face of your watch? You know, they look at their watch all the time, but they can't remember the name of the watch because they can't take it for granted after a while. And so it's much the same way. When we're too close to it, we don't notice the detail that the customer pays great attention to. So it's a learning tool to help us get better understand the customer. When we first introduced it, it was an eye-opener for senior leaders because, golly, we had no idea they were doing that. We had no idea that step. Well, I can see how they'd be angry when they call our call center now because just look what just went through. And so it was a change uh, in, in the perspective the organization had now living through the lens of the customer. But we've had a number of other techniques along the way. Customer forensics is still growing in its uh, in importance. And customer forensics is, is, uh, is, is a technique of which we also pioneered, um, is a way of um, trying to better understand why customers leave you. And here's the, here's the premise of it, Artie, is that most of the time when you say, uh, I'm sorry you closed your account, we'd like to know why. What the customer remembers most in that conversation is the touch is the is the um, is the point at which they go. I've had it. I'm out of here. Uh, the tipping point. That's the point they remember. So we get reported a tipping point, and we think that's it. When in fact, it's a buildup of a lot of things along the way. Culminates in a top tipping point. And if you ha- you have to go through some techniques to say where did this. Uh, zone of indifference start and when did the customer build up such that a tipping point would send them away 
you know, it, and so it's a, it's a way to understand why we leave, lose customers. It's not a win back strategy. It's a learning tool to begin to say, let me look at the customer's experience with us and find out what all went on with them to lead to that tipping point that caused them to exit. Because what they tell me at in an exit interview, a uh, uh, tip of the iceberg. It's not the real reason. I, and I'll give you a fun personal example. I had a couple of mine mm-hmm. that got a divorce. And and uh, and I saw the guy, uh, we'll call him Tom, and, uh, and I said, Tom, I understand you and Jane got a, a divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? I wouldn't take out the trash. And I go, what? Yeah, I wouldn't take out the trash. And so she wanted a divorce. Well, then later on, I see Jane and I say, Jane, I'm so sorry about your divorce. You know, uh, what, 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 what's, what was that all about? I didn't know y'all were having problems. And she says, well, you know, when it comes to Tom, it's all about Tom. And so she finally had all kinds of things along the way to build up this kind of, that got culminated when he wouldn't take out the trash. And she goes, that's it. Well, if you were thinking of that from a customer standpoint, you would try to fix taking out the trash and miss the point that a lot of other stuff had happened along the way that led to that point. That's customer forensics. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network.